Hello and welcome to episode 42 of The Brand Lounge, where every Thursday we feature insightful brand stories to showcase the hundreds of ways that businesses are started, the ups and downs of being an entrepreneur, and to remind you that you are not doing this thing alone. I'm Tammy Heels, your host and founder of Shadowcat Creative, where I'm a personal brand and marketing consultant. And today I am once again joined by the wonderful Crystal Statsky, who is an OBM, an online business manager and visibility strategist. So thank you for joining me once again, Crystal. Hey, everyone. Thanks for having me. I'm so excited to hear your brand story today. So listeners, if you missed the last episode, Crystal and I talked all about outsourcing in order to scale your business. So be sure to rack that one up on the playlist if you missed it. And today, Crystal, um, let's hear all about you and your business. So let's kick things off by talking about what it was that inspired you to start. Oh, geez. So, all right, let me get ready for this. So growing up, I always had a lot of fun creating and designing my own blogs. Um, I always had a lot of fun creating and designing posters and cards like on my parents' computer and displaying my life on social media. Um, I've always been like a very creative person. Like I was always writing short stories and stuff like that. So I eventually went to college for music business And while I was there, a family friend asked me to create their website, do their email marketing, and handle their social media. So I kind of just ran with it because I already had all this experience just doing it for myself for fun. And so they just saw what I was doing and they wanted to have me do it for them. So I started it with this landscaping company. And actually, 10 years later, they're still my number one client. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So... Leading up to today, like I finished college for music business. I went to school for marketing. I got right into the workforce after that as an event planner, because that's what I kind of thought that I would be doing. I I always wanted to be in events. And I eventually found myself not being able to handle the stress of working in events, which was really discouraging because I thought it was always what I wanted to do. But honestly, I was just miserable. So three years ago, I actually was laid off of my job. And it was like the sign that I needed to run my own business. (laughs) So that's kind of why I'm here. Like I always just wanted to run my own business remotely. I love to travel. And that's kind of just what I wanted to do was like not be tied down into the workforce. I wanted to work for myself so I could travel. And that has, I think, really inspired me to create and run my own business. So that's kind of my background story. (laughs) I love that. I love the fact that it all started with something that you had so much fun doing when you were a kid. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know why. I I just always loved writing. Like I even have little like short stories that I printed out of what that I wrote when I was a kid. And then, you know, the blogs started when I was younger. And that's when I was like, oh my gosh, I want to start blogging. And I had this long blog and yeah, it just kind of took off from there. (laughs) That's wonderful. I love that. So when it comes to how you stepped away from the full-time employment, because you were made redundant, I understand that. And or laid off. I think they're the same thing. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Just double checking rather than jumping to conclusions. And redundancy is often the chance that a lot of uh, small business owners take in order to invest into their own business. And I'm always curious to know, do you think that you would have made the leap if you hadn't have had that opportunity? That's a question I always ask myself. Growing up, I was always told, you know, you need to go to college. You need to get a corporate job. Like you need to do all these things. 
And I never felt like that was for me. Like, yeah, of course I wanted to go to college. But after that, like, I just always, like, no matter what job I got into, no matter what I did, I felt like it just wasn't for me. And that was something that I struggled with for a long time. And so when I started, I started my travel blog actually a couple of years ago. And I always told myself, you know, maybe that would be my form of income ultimately. Like maybe I could make money from this, which I did for a little bit, not enough to live off of by any means, but I did a little bit. And um, I kept telling myself, I'll quit my job when I make enough for a three month salary. Like I just had that goal in mind, like, and I just never hit it. And honestly, I don't know how long it would have taken me to hit that. You know what I mean? So I think being laid off, losing my job like that was just that push that I needed. And honestly, I don't know if, if I would have taken the leap otherwise. It's interesting, isn't it? Because when you look back and knowing everything you know now and the way that your business has panned out, it, it's always tempting to sit there and go, oh man, I wish I had made that decision earlier. But at the same point, if you had, then things would have panned out differently. So yeah, I was just curious. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, it's definitely something that's crossed my mind and I just I don't know. It's a mystery. <laughs> if you don't mind me asking, when the redundancy was offered to you or when you were laid off, was it your immediate reaction that you're like, now I can invest in my own business? Or was there some kind of thought process where you were like, should I should I find another job? Should I carry on in the events industry? Is this still really for me? Or was it just like a right, this is my chance. I'm taking this money and I'm gonna run with it. All of the above. <laughs> Um, because like my last couple months there at the job, I was really miserable. Like I knew it wasn't something for me. I honestly, I was applying for other jobs just to see if I could find something better. And, um, it was like the first day of the, or the second day of the new year when we were returning back to work after the holidays. And I was crying to myself, like, on my way to work because I was like, I can't believe it's freaking the next year and I'm still here. Like what is wrong? You know? And so I was really upset. And then I walked in and I got laid off and it was like this, I don't know how to explain it. It was just a very overwhelming feeling because I was shocked that I was laid off. I was like, Shit, what am I going to do? And so I was definitely lost for a few days there. And then it was like, after a few days of taking it to myself and processing it, I was able to realize, you know, let's just dive right in and start finding like remote jobs or something. So I was initially thinking to myself, I would be a virtual assistant. Mm -hmm. So I was finding like little odd agency jobs like that. And so that's kind of what got me started into maybe being like a full-time freelancer or something, running my own business. Interesting. And then um, when it comes to how your business has developed over time. Would you say that there were any particular any particular moments that really stand out for you that helped you either reaffirm or overcome to have the business that you do today? Kind of any hardships or successes that you'd like to share? So when I first started my business, it was just a lot of there was a couple months there where I just really had to take time to myself to kind of process everything and try and figure out what I wanted to do. So I was working with a couple different clients that I had found 
And that was all good and great and everything. And then it got to a point where I just couldn't find any other clients and I didn't really know what I was doing wrong. And at the same point, I didn't really know how to label myself. Like I was thinking I was just a digital marketer or a virtual assistant or something. And I eventually hired a business coach because I was like, look, I am not getting clients. Like I need the income. I need to figure out my messaging, my title, because all of that, like I have all these big ideas and I like, I'm, I feel like I felt like I was broadening myself out too much because I was like, oh, I can do this, 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 this. And really in order to fully like better market yourself, you need to kind of have like a niche. And that was something that I needed to figure out with someone. So having a business coach was definitely a milestone and a success because ever since then, like she helped me so much over the past, over those past few months. And, uh, you know, I think that's where my success really came from. I don't know if I would have made it as far as I have without hiring that business coach. It's really interesting because sometimes we just need that outside perspective to try and pull everything together because Mm -hmm. I totally hear you about, you know, I offer this and this and this and I can do this and I can do that. And I wonder how much of that comes through from particularly if you were in the corporate world because you're expected to pick up so many different things in addition to what your speciality is and whether that carries over with you. Yeah, that's a really great point Um, because yes, I can do all of these things, but to better market yourself, you kind of have to pick like three things. And then once they hire you or something, then you can be like, oh, I can do this too. And you know, stuff like that. So yeah, I, I think, you know, hiring a business coach really shaped my business into what it is today. And Um, that was just something that I needed to figure out for myself. I know our last episode, we were talking about outsourcing and really it was just a mindset thing. Like I knew I needed the help. And so I just went and searched for it. So it's kind of just a point where you have to get to. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I've worked with a couple of business coaches and each one has brought something unique and almost like these massive epiphanies to me and my business. So I can completely relate with what you were saying. Yes, exactly. And we talked a little bit, or you mentioned a little bit around how you were really trying to define yourself before you found your niche and what you were going to label yourself as within a business context. So I'd love to explore a little bit more in depth kind of how your business has changed since you originally started. Like when you started out and you had kind of this variety of services, did you ever think it was going to move the way that it has and develop to the services that you offer now? Definitely not. Um, because when I first started, like I said, I, I had this whole list of things that I could do for someone. And so I thought my title would be better off as a virtual assistant or something because they offer like a wide variety of services. But having that business coach really helped me niche down and figure out what my specialties were. Like, yes, I can do all those things, but I can excel in content creation, email marketing, systems, processes, things like that. Is that how it developed your services? So, because I think it's really easy, like for some context, like when I started out, I was charging by the hour before I started charging packages and then I would quote per project. So my business, how it functions now, where I packaged up my top three signature services, it it looks so different to how my business started way back when. And I always find it interesting to see 
um, kind of the parallels in every business, because I think for anyone out there who's listening, who's in the early stages or is charging by the hour or charging in a way that doesn't really feel aligned to them. And like we've both said, trying to offer the world, I find it interesting to hear how others kind of let that shape form, I guess, within their business so that their packages came all services became a little bit more defined. Does that make sense? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And I like how you brought that up because when I first started, like, it sounds like you started maybe hourly and you moved into these specific packages. I'm the exact opposite. I had packages out the wazoo. Like I had so many different packages that I think I was overwhelming people. And then I realized like some of these clients, they were taking on these packages, but if I looked at it from an hourly perspective, like I was doing way more work than what I should have been doing um, for that price range. And so I have found personally that hourly works better for me because I can sell hourly packages and then I'm not working like extreme overtime, like there's boundaries to my work. So that's definitely how my business has evolved on that end for sure. That's really interesting because like, and yet again, this just goes to show that there are, there are so many different ways to run a business and there isn't just one right or wrong way because I know that hourly rates, there's, there seems to be a bit of a push online at the moment. It's like, you should only sell packages. And honestly, if you're better suited and your services are better suited to to be doing it hourly and charging an hourly rate and calculating it that way, then do that. Because, I mean, our businesses are very different and our journeys are different, but it's interesting how there's still trends where we found what feels less overwhelming for us as individuals. And we feel like we're getting the money for the value of the transformation that we're offering, whether you do that by packages like I do, or whether you do it through an hourly rate like you do. Yeah. Yeah. That's a great point. Like everybody's different. Um, I just found that it works easier for me. Like it just works better because it doesn't overwhelm me. And I feel like I'm making the most bang for my buck. I don't know. (laughs) It's just what works for me. So, And I guess it kind of helps you free up because you know exactly how much your time is worth every day. Whereas mine can be quite mixed because there's different levels of energy that's needed at different stages of the project. Curious, curious (laughs) insights. So the other part of running a business, so we've talked a lot around your business journey and kind of how you went from where you you were in the corporate world to how your business started um, and right the way through to how it's developed into what it is that you have now. But I also love talking around the branding side because, hey, brands are strong with me. Um, So I'd love to talk a little bit more around your business from a branding and marketing perspective as well, if you're cool with that. Yeah, of course. Perfect. So um, your business is named after yourself. You've used your name, which is Crystal Stasky. So can I just ask, because I find it fascinating why people call their businesses what they do and the story behind it, or if there's a story behind it. So why was it that you chose your name as your business name? So there's not really much of a story. (laughs) When I first started my business, I felt like my brand name was just evolving all the time. Like I think when I first started out, it was like Crystal Stasky Digital Marketing or something like that. And then he evolved to Crystal Stasky Social Media Manager because I just didn't know where I was at. I didn't know what I ultimately wanted to do. And I don't know why, but I always wanted my name in the business name because nobody has my name. My name is unique. (laughs) And so eventually I just chopped it up and just put it as my name. 
And that's what it's been ever since. Like, I don't have to file. I don't know how it is overseas, but in the United States, if it's your name, you don't have to file anything to like trademark it or whatever. Oh, really? So it was just, it, it just was easier for me to do this this way. Like, I don't have to deal with anything. It's just me. <laughs> <laughs> that's very cool. I I genuinely, I don't know about the trademarking if it's your own name. Well, now that I say that, I'm like, someone's, someone in the United States is going to listen to this and tell me I'm wrong. <laughs> <laughs> it's fine. They'll message me. I just, <laughs> no, that's really curious though. That would suck, wouldn't it? If you go on to trademark your name and someone's already trademarked it and it's like, but your name's James. What are you doing? <laughs> exactly. Yeah. No, I think that is really interesting because I feel like, and we've had, we, me and you listeners have had this conversation many times where the business name can be such a stumbling block for so many people. You know, I've interviewed people who have changed their name halfway through, who have completely rebranded. I work with clients frequently who are in that stage where they're feeling disconnected with what their business name is. But I think it's more important just to choose something and roll with it. Um, as long as it feels aligned. And to be honest, there's nothing, there's rarely going to be something more aligned with you than your own name. <laughs> exactly. I'm not going to lie though. Like when I fill out paperwork or something and they ask for my business name and I put my name, like it does feel kind of weird to me, but I'm just running with it at this point. And I'm not going to say like, it won't change in the long run. You know, there's always that possibility, but I'm totally content with it. <laughs> I am curious to know, um, and uh, you know, this is me not knowing anything about kind of your future plans for your business and feel free to say that you don't want to share, but, um, cause again, I'm putting you on the spot. <laughs> if you were to maybe expand and take on employees in the future, do you still think that you would stick with your, your name as the business name? That's a great question. And I'm already there because I already have a team behind me. Oh, cool. So that's a good question. And I don't know. <laughs> I'm just keeping my name. Um, yeah. Because like, even though I have a team behind me, like, I mean, like we talked about in my last episode was, you know, they're my assistants. If they do the first drafts for me of whatever work, um, they do the small tasks like scheduling and stuff like that. So I'm the one who deals with the clients. I'm the one who does the final edits of everything. So yes, they're my team, but I don't know if it needs to be public. You know what I mean? Yeah. So it's kind of a loaded question, but yeah. yeah. Sorry. <laughs> okay. To be honest, like there are plenty of examples of where it works well, like Jenna Kutcher and oh, I want to say Amy Portersfield, I think is her name. Yep. Yeah, yeah. Plenty of big names out there where they still use their name and it's like you know that they're gonna have people that are working with them. I was just curious how um how it works because it was something that went into my mind and my, I never considered using my name to be honest, because I just, I wanted something with cats in it <laughs> <laughs> in all honesty. So yeah, it was interesting to, um, yeah, to hear your insights in that. Thank you. Yeah. And those are good, good examples, you know, Jenna Kutcher and people like that, uh, they use their name and they're getting along just fine. So yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And again, there's no one way of doing it, is there? Exactly. Yeah. Perfect. So when it comes to your branding, so like your visual branding, and I know last time in the outsourcing episode, we also touched on brand values when you're outsourcing. So making sure that you're clear with your brand. Was your brand and your visual identity something that you actively chose to invest in? I know that you're quite creative. Is it something that you did yourself? I'm really curious to know more. 
So I initially did it myself. You know, all my graphics, my brand colors, my brand fonts, I initially did all myself. But I recently just hired a new assistant um, at the beginning of this year. And I just recently asked her, like, hey, I need a rebrand. Like, I did this all myself. And it was kind of just last minute stuff because I wanted to get it out there. Um, Can you help me? (laughs) So she's helping me kind of just rebrands, like maybe having specific graphics, um, graphic templates, brand colors, you know, things like that. She's going to be helping me with. So I'm not quite there yet, but it's in the beginning stages of kind of doing like an overall rebrand and also redoing my website because I've even had sales calls that tell me they don't like my website, which is really embarrassing. So, you know, it's time for a rebrand when people tell you that. (laughs) Oh my goodness. Well, one, I think that that's quite rude, but hey. Yeah, (laughs) but it's like, okay, I wanted to get my business up and running as quick as possible. And to be honest, I don't have time for it myself. That's why I'm outsourcing. So it took me a while to get here, but I'm here. And you know, besides the branding, like I said, I hired my business coach. I was about like, I think six months into my business when I did that. And that was my first big investment. And when you make a big investment like that, like that's kind of all you have the capacity to do at the time. So I kind of had to wait until my coaching was over before I could outsource my branding to someone else. So that was kind of another reason why I did it myself. So yeah, it's, it's a, it's in a work in progress all the time. (laughs) I think they always are. I was having a conversation with someone on LinkedIn the other day as best as you can. And, um, they were saying how, they put up, you know, one of those clickbait ones where it's like, is design ever finished? What do you think? And I was just like, (laughs) I feel like everything with branding is like you work on your brand and then you hit pause when you hit the point where you're like, this is enough for what my business is now um, or what I want my business to grow into. And then when you hit that stage, you know, like this brand isn't really necessarily working for me anymore. You kind of just keep adapting it as you go because even a brand refresh will always be based on the foundations of like we were talking about your core values and your strategy. So yeah, it's, it's interesting to hear at the different stages and the different reasons behind addressing a rebrand. And I'm really sad to hear that your customer, your, your calls are just like, yeah, not keen on your web, not, not keen on your website. (laughs) Yeah. That was like two people. And I'm like, okay, this, this can't be happening. Like I need a rebrand, but I don't have time to do it myself. So that's why I'm outsourcing. So go listen to that episode about outsourcing. um, (laughs) Yeah, I definitely agree. You know, branding, it's, it's always a work in progress. I have this overall vision in my head that like, I'm a very outdoorsy person. Um, So I want my image to be like outdoors. So if you look, look at my Instagram, everything is outside in the woods, stuff like that. That's kind of what my image or my vision kind of wants it to be is like natural boho outdoorsy. So I have like these images in my head and I've tried to stick with it as best as I can. But like I said, it's always a work in progress. Yeah, no, I love that. And would you say that your visual identity, so the reason I asked this question is because I love hearing the impact, how you feel about your brand affects your mindset and how you're feeling in like your version of success as well. So do you feel that your brand has a correlation on how you, on how you perceive your business? I guess. Hmm. That's a good question. And I'm not sure. I'm not sure just because, you know, my work is at a computer, 
but I, like I said, my branding is outdoorsy. So I don't know. That's a good question. Interesting. Yeah, no, that's fine. I think that it's one of those things that it's when you actually sit there and think about it, it's like your brand and your work can feel exactly like you said, so disconnected when you think about it from that kind of approach because if you're a very outdoorsy person but you spend all of your time literally sat inside a laptop it can feel a little disconnected but I guess the whole point of your visual identity is the feeling that you want your clients to have and if you want them to feel that freedom and like they're free to go and enjoy their time outdoors which is what you're you know you're visually putting out there and then absolutely it makes sense to yeah I like how you said that I've never put it into perspective like that so thank you yes that's a perfect point because like I really push to tell people you know you need to outsource you need to work with an online business manager to have the time to go do stuff that you like doing and mine is being outdoors and traveling so that's what all my photos are representing so that's really interesting that you said that your brand is super connected with you it's just not always obvious I guess yes yes exactly it's like I should do this for a living Um, (laughs) (laughs) and one question that I always love asking my guests because I find it really really interesting and really insightful is um, when it comes to marketing your business so obviously as a digital marketer and someone who's been interested in marketing literally all of your life Um, I would love to know what would be your favorite or what you consider the most effective method of marketing in your business. So this is one of my favorite things to talk about, which is repurposing content. If anybody has paid attention to any of my stuff before, I teach a lot of webinars, live streams, blog posts about this topic is repurposing um, because it saves you so much time, but it covers all the bases. So like I'll just make it really quick. You write a blog post and you can use that blog post to turn it into live streams, five social posts and email marketing and whatever else you might need. So ultimately you're writing one piece of content, but you're repurposing it to all these other things and you're being consistent online. So like every week I post a blog post and then I have social posts five days a week. I send out an email newsletter on Wednesday about that blog post. And then I do a live stream almost every Friday. So it really just keeps my content consistent. So I'm constantly marketing to people and providing them value. Yeah. And oh my goodness, the power of repurposing content is just insane. Um, we, I think there was an episode recently, I can't remember what number it was, but there was an episode I did with uh, Liz Pusey and we talked about maximizing your content and we talked all around kind of the benefits of repurposing. And I mean, repurposing content is an excellent way of making more time in your business if you're not at the stage that you can outsource because you can free up that time. Um, Or if you're ready to outsource, like you said, if you write a blog post, you could then outsource the other pieces of content creation without the risk of losing your voice because it's all coming from one central piece. Exactly. And I have clients that do kind of like the best of both worlds. So I have clients who will make like, will have me write the blog post and all the other content thereafter. And obviously they do the live streams and live yeah, stuff. I was like, say, you can't live streams. <laughs> like I'm giving them that content that they can be talking about. And then I also have the clients who will write their blog post and have me repurpose stuff from it. So I even have clients who do it with videos. So I have one client who records a video as if it was his blog post because he does better talking than writing. 
And then I write the stuff and repurpose it that way. So yeah, like there's so many different opportunities for you to maximize and repurpose your content. Yeah, absolutely. I think that that's such a brilliantly, a really efficient way of marketing. And I think this is a point that I'm sure you can agree with as well. It allows you to be on multiple platforms without that overwhelm. Yes, exactly. Which is fantastic because if you're anything like me, I love being everywhere, like limiting it to one or two. I always condone, well, it's one of those things, isn't it? It's like you need to find out what, what you can consistently keep up with and if that means you're repurposing your content which allows you to show up on five different platforms brilliant if it means that you need to focus on one platform at a time because that's all that you can do consistently without overwhelm that's also fine um but yeah it's interesting to hear another approach and I absolutely love that brilliant cool 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 so do you have any key pieces of advice that you would love to share from your business journey like if there was something one point that you'd like the listeners to take away from everything you shared today what would that be so I think after today's talk you know there's a lot of different key points that you can be pulling from and my first recommendation would be don't wait like if you want to work for yourself you can easily find a way to make it possible like i wish that i started my business years and years ago when i first had the initial thought like after college i want to travel but how can i work remotely like i wish i just had the knowledge to start my business then rather than waiting until i had like a 3 month salary from my day job in order to quit because i lost it anyways and that just pushed me into doing it so you know, I wouldn't wait until you think you have enough money or something because you can always find a way. So that would be my first key point. And my second key point is like, if you're feeling stressed and overwhelmed, outsourcing is really just a way to help you. Um, You know, you know, you need to promote, you know, you need a website, you know, you need to be engaging on social media and doing all these other things that you can in order to land your clients and outsourcing can really help you with that and help you make more money in the long run. So brilliant. Those are excellent points. I love the leap now. I wish same as you. I wish I'd taken the leap and started my business years ago. So yeah, yeah, it's wonderful to hear that um, there are other people out there who also feel the same. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. I think it's a very common misconception when you're looking to start your own business is you feel like you have to wait for this big sign or something or, and, and my, my advice is just go do it. <laughs> just do it. <laughs> It's funny though, isn't it? Because if you're feeling absolutely miserable in your job, surely that's that's the sign. Yeah, but I mean, for me, it wasn't. It wasn't for me either. <laughs> I started my business and then I stuck being miserable in my job for 18 months. Oh, wow. It's ridiculous. And looking back now, it's like, what were you doing, Tammy? <laughs> <laughs> it's just something I think some of us need to do. And yeah, I don't know. Yeah, the timing happens when it happens, but you know, the power is within your hands, listeners. Yes. (laughs) That is brilliant advice to end on. Thank you so, so much for joining me today, Crystal, and sharing your business journey with us. It's been wonderful to hear. Thank you. you. Thank you so much. Where can the listeners find more of you online? So you can find me at Crystal Statsky um, across all platforms. And yeah, and, you know, feel free to private message me, comment. I would love to hear from you. I love having open conversations with people. So 
That's fantastic. And I will leave all of the links in the show notes as always. And if you would like to see more of Crystal, go and have a look there, catch up with her on social media, the benefits of having a unique name, same, same user handle everywhere. Yes. Yes. (laughs) Perfect. And listeners join me back here next Tuesday and Thursday for more conversations about building a brand and building your business your way. And don't forget to subscribe and leave a five-star review if you're enjoying the show, because it really, really does help us to grow. And until next time, head on over to our Instagram or Facebook community with the links in the show notes, and we can continue the conversations in the brand lounge. Hours that I'll be able to communicate with you, like just being as clear, transparent, honest as you possibly can uh, really does go a long way no matter where they're located. Yeah. I think that that's something that we haven't explored as much, but it would be a whole conversation, which would be boundaries. Like boundaries for you as the business owner and boundaries for whoever it is that you are outsourcing to. Like you need to be respectful of each other's boundaries, but you need to be firm in your own as well. (laughs) Exactly. Yes. Yes. (laughs) Amazing. So, I mean, there's been so much information in there. And I think that when you're looking to outsource to scale, there are other considerations that you need to have um, as opposed to just outsourcing to, I guess, claw back the time that you feel like you're missing. So it's been really interesting speaking with you to find out a little bit more about that. Yeah, this has been fun. Yeah. And I would love to just give people one little key piece of information to walk away with when it comes to outsourcing. Something else that I've learned along the way is this other saying that I find really, really beneficial, which is if someone was opening a restaurant, they wouldn't wait until they have a full book of reservations before they create the menu or hire a staff. They would automatically consider those things as part of the cost of opening their business. And the same is true in your business. So keep that in mind, you know, if you're you're the same, like if you're an online entrepreneur, if you own a restaurant, it's all the same. They wouldn't wait until they have reservations to create the menu or hire a staff. They would already have that up front. So if you're putting off outsourcing, um, you just need to go ahead and do it because you need that support up front. Oh my goodness. I think that that's, (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. Because you need to make the space for it, don't you? Because otherwise it won't happen. But making the space for things is how we scale and grow. I love that. That's a brilliant analogy. I'm all, I'm always here for an analogy. <laughs> I always love to give them. <laughs> Perfect. Well, thank you so, so much for sharing all of that with us today, Crystal. This feels like it's just flown by. <laughs> Where can the listeners find more about you? Yeah, so you can find me across all social media platforms. My tag is the same at Crystal Statsky. Um, so make sure to follow me comments. I would love to hear from you. I love having open conversations with people. So it would be really great to hear from you. Fantastic. Thanks once again. I found that really informative and it's really interesting to hear it from a slightly different point of view than just kind of the typical outsourcing conversation. (laughs) Yes. Yes. This has been fun. Thank you so much. Perfect. And listeners, if you'd like to hear more about Crystal and her business journey, then be sure to join us back here on Thursday when she'll be sharing her brand story with us. And until then, I would love to know how you feel about outsourcing in your business or if you are scaling at the moment, is it something that you already do? Has it helped you to scale? Like we'd love to continue this conversation. So come on over to the community on Instagram or Facebook. All of the links for those and for Crystal are all in the show notes and I will see you in the brand lounge.